What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number two of the Rough Golf Podcast. I hope everybody out there is having a fantastic golf-filled day. I hope you're out on the course ripping drives and making birdies nonstop. I want to get into this one. I'm excited about this one. Let's go ahead and tee off. Main question for this podcast is, does golf have an image problem? Now, I'm sure everybody has their own opinion on this. That's what's great about golfers. They will always offer their opinion whether you want it or not. It's just, it's part of the game. But the reason I started thinking about this and decided that, okay, this we need to talk about this. We need to get this out there in the golfing community and really hash this out was because I was out to lunch with a couple of coworkers. And we're sitting there, we're eating our food, and, you know, we're just chit-chatting, standard stuff. And uh, one of my buddies says, you know, what are you guys doing this weekend? So I blurt out that I'm going to the golf course, and I'm super excited to get out there. Been working on my drive, wanting to get it straight and everything like that. And there's total silence between the both of them. Now, I wanted to just paint this picture for you guys so that you can you can sense what I sensed at the time. Both these guys are hardworking, blue-collar guys. I mean, they don't play golf normally. So they, to my knowledge, they've never even played golf, maybe other than like putt-putt or something like that on vacation. And the silence is just deafening. Even in the middle of a restaurant, it feels like total quiet. I mean, you can hear the salsa dripping off of their chips just like, right on the plate. And I'm like, oh boy, I've opened up a can of worms. The first one, Zach, says to me, why are you playing golf? You're not an old rich guy. And I just look back at him like, what are you talking about? You don't have to be old and rich to play golf. I mean, yeah, some of the nicer golf courses are pretty expensive, but you can play golf on a budget. I've seen and played with plenty of guys who are not rich, And the last time I checked, I wasn't old and I wasn't rich and I'm still playing golf just fine. But to Zach, his perception of golf was that it was unattainable by the public because you have to be a gajillionaire to play golf. And that's simply not true. And then my other buddy, Eric, laughs and says, yeah, don't old guys play golf? Isn't that like an old people sport? And I want to you know, make the point that I have the utmost respect for those guys out there, that those retired guys that are playing their heart out and having a good time. I thoroughly enjoy playing the game with them. I've learned so much from guys out there playing golf who have got some years on them and they're destroying golf courses. I mean, they're absolutely posting super low numbers and you can learn a lot from them. So you shouldn't discredit that. But besides that, Golf isn't just for old rich guys. Everybody can play golf. And I think that there's a huge misconception by many of the public who, you know, have never set foot on a golf course. Maybe they've done some putt-putt. Maybe if you're really lucky, you know, you got to go to a driving range and you just kind of smacked the ball around a couple of times. Really wasn't sure what you were doing. But the perception is that golf at least in my experience, is is limited to very few. And that is so far from the truth. So I wanted to talk about that in this episode today, that golf has an image problem. And 
what are some of the main reasons that create that image problem? Or at least I believe it has an image problem. Maybe you guys don't. If you don't or if you do, leave me some comments. Hit me up at my email, roughgolfpodcast at gmail. And let me know what you think. Let me know what your thoughts are on golf currently in the public eye. So I think one of the main reasons that golf is seen uh, as unattainable by most people is because it's it just seems like it's a wealthy sport. You know, it, it's super expensive to get into. Iron sets now are $1,000 plus, even for some like mid-range stuff, which I'm super surprised about. Drivers now are, my gosh, like I've seen driver prices go all the way up to about 700 bucks. That is insanity. I remember thinking back in the, the late 90s that $300 for like a tailor-made driver was crazy insane. I mean, who could afford that? But it's it almost seems like it's gotten to the point now where it's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, clubs are uber, uber expensive, and I'm sure that has... You know, there are some other factors contributing to that, like supply chain issues or material issues that are harder to get, you know, minerals and metals and such that actually make up the clubs themselves. But I think a lot of people in the public eye see golf as just too expensive, and that limits them from actually uh, getting out there to play golf. But I want you guys to know that you're listening. If you're interested in getting into golf or you've been playing it for you know a little bit of time with some borrowed clubs, golf does not have to be uber expensive. There are ways that you can get into the game, affordable ways that you can start playing the game. I've got a bunch of videos that I've done over on my YouTube channel, Rough Golf, that will explain different ways you can save money, get into the game of golf, tells you what you need. I've got videos telling you what you need to get started in the game of golf. And you'll be surprised that you don't need that much or the stuff that you do need is actually super expensive, that you can find really good deals. And for a minimal investment, every sport requires an investment, you can get into golf and have a great time, great experience. So I think the the costly side of golf prohibits a lot of people from becoming involved. But there are definitely ways that you can fix that. Just to give you some perspective, when I started golf, I began to play with uh, my grandfather. He taught me um, around seven years of age is when I first started to really get out on the course and play. I've been hitting little plastic golf clubs since I was about three. So I still do that, too, when I want to have a good time. Seriously, I started early on, and uh, it was a fantastic sport to get into. Loved every minute of it. But... I played with a lot of older guys. Those were my playing partners, you know, school, summer vacations, uh, Christmas breaks, stuff like that. That's when I actually got out on the course and had the ability to play. Well, we're playing at 10 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, I'm mainly playing with retired guys and uh, they are of the older crowd, which is perfectly fine because they taught me so much about the game of golf. And I think that's the, the second thing that the public sees is that mainly when you go to a golf course or you see maybe like a movie or something like that, it's always the old guys playing golf. It's the old retired guy getting out of the Range Rover with his penny loafers and his funky looking hat and checkered shorts on. Nobody dresses like that. 
come on, guys. I've never seen golfers dress like that. And if they do, it's purely to make fun of themselves or play a gag on one of their buddies in the group. That is not an accurate representation of what you can expect out on a golf course. So I think the public, number one, see these, you know, movies that display golfers as old retired guys, or they drive by a golf course once and they see a bunch of these old retired guys playing golf. And hey, that's a big portion of golfers out there. Why? Because golf takes a long time to play. So if you're working your nine to five, it's really hard to get out there and to play 18 holes. I mean, even if you're, you've got a cart and you're you know, a pretty decent golfer and you're moving along, it's going to take you probably about three hours to complete 18 holes. Finding three hours in a day to do that is, is very difficult unless you're retired and you don't have other responsibilities. So that would probably be, you know, the second reason that, in my experience, that the public has kind of turned off on golf as a sport for everyone of all ages because they just see mainly old guys playing golf. And then I think the, the third reason that people get worried about golf, getting started in golf, you know, as a just taking somebody from the public who, you know, maybe they see a commercial with Bryson DeChambeau just ripping uh, drives out there, 350 yards, and it just looks awesome. You know, you're striking the ball. It's power. It's the power part of the sport. And you got a kid who's like, man, that, that looks like fun. I want to do that. I didn't know golf could be that. You know, I thought it was just this this really like finesse game, the soft hitting game, this this like strategy-based game, and it is, but there's also some really cool, fun, strength-based parts of the game, and I think that uh, people don't always get to see that. But I think that these, you know, up-and-coming golfers, or maybe even, you know, you're, you're uh, a younger person and you want to get in the game of golf, but you're worried that, you know, in your mid-20s it's too late to start. Because you, you either start super young or you start when you're, you know, you know, retired or something like that, but you can't play in between. And that's certainly not true at all. So I think uh, those people worry about that. And I think a big fear is, you know, say you've got this, um, you know, let's say 20-year-old getting involved in golf, okay? He gets his clubs, gets his golf gear, he's got a shirt and 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 his uh, shoes and everything like that, and, and he's got all golfed out, golf geared out. He's great. He's ready to go. He gets out, goes to a, a public course, you know, does his research, gets out there, and gets out on the range, and is just hitting the balls all over the place, feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm everybody's watching me. I'm embarrassed. I'm I can't play this sport. You know, I'm nervous about. Uh, going out there and playing because I don't really understand the rules or, you know, I'm just, I'm going to hold everybody up. And then they just give up. I, they just walk off the range, put the, the clubs and stuff in the back of the car and, and disappear. And they never come back to golf. I want to tell you, you guys out there who are thinking about starting this, do not stress about that. Nobody out there is watching you and judging you and saying you don't belong here or anything like that. That's that's not the case, okay? Everybody who started in the game of golf had to start somewhere. They started not knowing how to swing, not knowing the rules of the game, not knowing the etiquette of the game, and that is okay. It's how we all learn. It's how we all start. So these guys that see you out there 
likely know you're a first-time golfer, and they're going to give you that respect and courtesy of, hey, he's out here, he's trying to learn the sport, you know, good for him. We're not, we're not going to get in his way. So don't, you know, think of it like, I like to use, you know, the, the reference of the first timer in a gym, in a, in a weightlifting gym. You're going in, you don't really know a whole lot about weightlifting. Maybe you've done some YouTubing, maybe you've done some research and you've studied the lifts that you want to do or something like that. But, you know, you're not going to be putting up high numbers. It's okay for your first time. I mean, that's, that is okay. You got to start somewhere. But I've seen a lot of people and, and talked to a few people as well that have said, I'm nervous about starting at a gym because I'm worried of what, uh, you know, these other guys will think of me. And I'm going to sit here and tell you right now, I've had this exact same conversation with the dude who was massive. Okay. I mean, this guy was posting big numbers, lifting heavy weights. And he was just, he looked like a giant. And you know what? He was one of the kindest, coolest guys I've ever met. Because he, because he said, you know what? Let me help you out. You know, let me show you how to do this. This is all right. You, you wouldn't believe where I started, you know, 10 years ago. This is after 10 years of dedication. Now, I use that reference mainly to, you know, correlate between the first time fear of trying a new sport, just like going into the gym for the first time, there are going to be people there who are better than you. You just, you got to get that through your head. But that doesn't automatically mean that everybody's watching you and judging you. I just want to say, you know, nobody really cares. They're there working on their game. So don't let that discourage you from going to a course, getting on a range, and just hitting some really awful shots, you know. Now I will say you probably don't want to book a tee time and get out on the course if you can't at least have a basic foundation of the game. What I mean by that is you need to be able to advance the ball. If you're, if, if every single shot is uh, left or right or in the woods or, or just all over the place and you aren't playing what I should say is consistent bad golf, then it's really hard to get out on the course and have a good time without you know, blocking up some of the other players. So spend some more time on the range, working on your swing, getting a good feel for it until you can at least advance the ball and you're not topping at every shot or duffing every shot or something like that. You need to be consistently going through a large bucket of balls, you know, 50, 60 balls, 100 balls in some cases, where you're advancing most of those balls. I also want to mention one other aspect of the, you know, the, the, the first-time jitters. And this is from a story that I had in high school when I was on the golf team. We are, uh, all of us are on uh, the bus traveling to our um, first or second match, I can't remember. And uh, I think it was junior year that this was happening. And we've got uh, a freshman on the team. It was a very small golf team. It wasn't really, you know, a big school. But it was a small golf team, got a freshman. And most of us had... Our own set of clubs and everything like that. We had made the investment. I had a set of clubs that that I had gotten for like 200 bucks. It was an old set of pings from um, one of those older golfers that my grandfather played with. Gave me a really good deal on them, and uh, I really appreciate that for him. But I had a I had built up a nice set. I'd worked real hard over summer, saved a lot of money, and built up a nice set for me. Now 
Every one of those was a used club. None of them were new. Well, I take that back. My three wood was new, but it was like four or five years old. So we had this freshman, okay? And he had a set of like thrift store clubs, right? And one of the other golfers on the team who his, we all knew it. His parents were wealthy. They bought him his clubs. And he started picking on this freshman because he had a set of thrift store clubs. And I'm actually proud of the entire golf team for doing this. We, we all turned to this, this bully is what he was. And we said, why don't you just shut your mouth? Because he's out here giving his all with a set of thrift store clubs and he's posting better scores than you are and you've got the most expensive set on the bus. Just That just goes to show you you can't buy skill. Whether you've got a $2,000 set of golf clubs or a $20 set of golf clubs, you can't buy skill. And that made him be quiet. That made him sit back down. He didn't bother him. He never bothered him again about what he was playing with. And I want you guys to understand that that is an extreme rarity. Also, I was like 16, 17 when this was happening. And, you know, this guy was probably a 15-year-old who was saying this to a freshman. So on a course, you will never experience something like this. And if you do, it's the wrong course to be playing because those golfers aren't true golfers. They're posers if they think that having nice clubs makes you a good golfer, because it certainly does not. So I think that's the third kind of sticking point for public getting involved in the game of golf. They feel like, I've got to have nice clubs. You know, maybe these other golfers, these more established golfers, are going to judge me based on my, my thrift store set, or the fact that I can't make contact with the ball very well, or the fact that I look like a fool out there on the range. Get that all, Get that out of your head. Okay, that's not happening. Nobody's thinking that. You know what golfers are thinking about when you get out on the course and you're trying? How cool is that? How cool is that that we're getting new people into the sport that are going to love this game slash hate this game, (laughs) as many golfers do, because it can be stressful and it's hard, but that's part of the, the enjoyment and the challenge that you get of being a golfer. That's what they're thinking. They're thinking... Man, I'm so happy to see new people get involved in the sport. With those three problems, I want to try to transition here and talk about what we as golfers, we as golfers, average golfers, can do to help better that perspective, to change that perspective for the public. So I think the first thing that, you know, golfers can do to help change the perspective uh, that the public has is to foster Uh, love in the game or understanding in the game via conversation. I regret not talking to Zach more about what golf golf is to me and inviting him out for a range session. How many times have you, you know, been sitting around with your coworkers at work and you start to talk about golf and everybody kind of looks at you like, oh, great, this is... This is a topic that I definitely don't want to be talking about because golf is boring. And instead, you know, instead of just saying, okay, you know, we'll move on, start explaining why golf isn't boring, how cool it is, what the challenges are, and invite them out to some putt-putt or uh, a driving range, 
preferably a driving range because it's more fun in my opinion but putt-putt is a lot is is where a lot of people get started but invite them out have more than a conversation get get a stick in their hand all right put them up with a good driver and let them just start whacking balls let them feel what it feels like to make contact with the driver on a golf ball off a tee and you just what i mean even if it skids across the ground they're still going to make contact and experience that like hey this this is actually there's more to it than i thought there was you know this isn't boring i think that's number 1 is have that conversation bring it to people and explain it in a way that doesn't seem like it's you know um only for the elite few or that it has to be refined that everybody thinks that it, you know, has to be refined in some way and you, you got to go to some super fancy country club or something like that. And that's the only way you can play golf. That's absolutely not true. You know, take them to the local public course, get them out on the range and uh, start playing golf with them. You know, change the conversation from this is boring to wait a minute. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't know about the cool parts of golf. You know, let me open this world up to you. I think number two would be help the new players in the game feel welcome. So going back to our driving range conversation about the uh, the 20 year old getting involved in golf and feeling like, oh, I just, I'm awkward on the range. I don't really know what to do here. I'm smacking it all over the place. Maybe go try to have a conversation with them. Maybe make them feel welcome in the game of golf by going over there and relieving some pressure. You know, crack a joke. Talk about how Poorly, you hit the ball when you first started out, but after two or three sessions on the range with some of the guys uh, nearby, you were hitting the ball better and how you got the golf bug and you can't get, get rid of it now. You know, Get out there, make them feel welcome, and invite them to play a future round with you. Now, I'm sure the majority of these newbie golfers are going to think like, oh, I'm, I am so not good enough to play golf with you because you're an established golfer. I, you're actually hitting the balls, you know, out there 250 plus yards. It's straight. You're not duffing them as much as I am. And they're worried that they're going to, you know, somehow hold you back. But let them know that it's just going to be a fun round, casual round. Get them out on the course. Have them understand that as a golfer who has played more than them, you can help them navigate their first time around the course. Help them learn some of the rules as you guys are playing, which is so much more fun than sitting there and reading the the USGA uh, handbook to find out what rules are are applied where. And it's so much more fun to learn by doing, in in my opinion. And I think that's for the majority of golfers. You you need to experience those rules real time instead of just, you know, scrolling on your phone, trying to read about what you do when you, you lose a ball on a water hazard or something like that. It's so much easier just to experience that firsthand. And as, an, as a golfer who has played more, you can take that, that uh, newbie, that new guy to the, to the course, play around with them, and demonstrate those. And you'll have a good time. You're going to have a good time. But make them feel welcome in that way. Make them understand that golf is designed that you know, two people of different abilities can play together and still have a competitive round. Or a newbie can come out with somebody who's played a lot more and still have a good round, still have a good time, even if their round isn't that good. That's what I've always loved about golf. Playing with my grandfather's buddies, 
I was terrible to begin with. I could barely get the ball off the ground, but I could I could get it down the fairway. But it we called them uh, uh, ground rippers because they were just like straight, flat, you know, right, just burning up the grass. That's all I was doing. But I was having fun, and they took the time and the patience to uh, get me better. And I've always respected that. And that's been my experience um, throughout most golf courses that I've gone to. Okay. I think the, the third and, and final thing that we as golfers could do to help bring more people into game and also change the perspective, especially kids. If you're a parent out there and you've got kids, maybe you play golf and you want to get them involved in golf, putt-putt's a great place to start. It's also a great place to start with your friends and coworkers who've never played golf before because it's approachable. Likely when they were a kid, they played putt-putt. Maybe they had some good memories. Maybe they got mad and smashed a putter over the windmill, you know, which that isn't good, but it evoked a response and you can build on that. So take them to putt-putt, have some fun, make it a fun experience, and then explain what happens after putt-putt. Talk about the driving range. Talk about top golf. Talk about how the strength and power part of the game can change your entire perspective. You know, putt-putt's fun. Ripping a driver is exhilarating. So there, it's just, there are so many opportunities from the game that you could bring to the public and have them transform their perspective on golf with just one or two different experiences. You know, I've only played putt-putt. Have you ever been out on the driving range? No? Let me take you. Come on, let's let this weekend. We'll go out there for a couple of hours, get some bucket of balls. You know, we'll have some hot dogs or something, have a good time, and we'll just smack some balls. I'll listen to some music. Some places allow that. You'll have a good time, and that can can really get somebody from thinking this sport isn't for me. It's it's you know this is an old people sport or it's boring to thinking like whoa, I never realized that. Uh, you know, driving would be so much fun. I never realized that making great contact with a seven iron and seeing that ball fly far and straight and could be so rewarding, you know, that will change their perspective. So I think we need to do that. As golfers, get out there, you know, when you're talking to your friends, your coworkers, if they're not exactly uh, on the up and up in golf, share with them, share your experiences. You know, tell them there's more to it than just penny loafers and Range Rovers and funny hats and weird checkered shorts and old retired guys, because there is. Guys, I want to hear your feedback. You know, let me know. Leave some reviews. Leave some comments. Uh, follow and subscribe if you haven't already. Most importantly, I want you to reach out to me via email. Let me know what your experiences with golf have been. Let me know if you're enjoying it, if you've just started, if you've been playing it for a while, if you've got questions, anything golf related, just just send it to me, let me know, and uh, we'll get you featured on the podcast. You know, I'll pick, pick one of those questions, stories, wins, losses, and uh, I'll put it out there on the podcast to share with the Rough Golf community. You guys can hit me up at roughgolfpodcast at gmail. Now, the next time you guys go out on the course, I want you to remember that Golf doesn't have to be a struggle, okay? You started this game because you because of many different reasons. Everybody has their own reasons for starting golf, but it doesn't need to devolve into a struggle or 
uh, you know, 18 holes of frustration. And to prove that, I want to offer this saying by one of my favorite golfers, Walter Hagen. He says, and I quote, There's no tragedy in missing a putt, no matter how short. All have erred in this respect. So guys, don't get frustrated when you miss that putt. Make the next one, move on to the next hole, and keep on swinging.